So good evening and welcome to the Noahide Nations class on Proverbs. My name is Doug Taylor. It is March the 14th, 2010. Uh, glad to have you with us. And we're starting uh, tonight on Proverbs chapter 12 and the verse number is 16. So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. And the verse reads, a fool's anger will become known on that very day, but a clever man conceals disgrace. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, A fool's anger will become known on that very day, but a clever man conceals disgrace. So, let's ask, what are the questions? What kind of questions would we ask around that verse in order to understand what King Solomon's trying to teach us? A fool's anger will become known on that very day, but a clever man conceals disgrace. Any thoughts? Okay, Naomi, how will the anger be known on that day? Excellent. That's a good question. How is that going to happen? And what is the anger? And how does a clever man conceal his disgrace? Or shame? And what's the, what's the relationship between the two? Very good. Very good. Uh, and I think you've covered off uh, virtually all the questions uh, that I have. So let's take a look at the first half of the verse. Why, what does a fool um, do with his anger? And, and you've also raised the question, who's he angry at? Good question. Um, in this case, I think a fool could be angry with any person or situation, depending on uh, what the particular situation is. Um, he could be angry that he has to wait in a long line uh, at the store. He could be angry with uh, his boss um, if he's working. He could be angry with any number of things. And when he is angry, what he generally does with it is he openly expresses it. He doesn't have the good sense to hold back his anger. He just blurts it right out. Uh, he doesn't really think about the consequences of getting angry uh, or that perhaps he should hold his anger back and give a more measured response. He's just, uh, you know, in his emotional moment and he's going to let whoever happens to be around know it. So he just expresses that anger. Now, that approach to life can get you into all kinds of difficulties. Um, if you're, for example, angry with your boss, uh, then it might make sense to hold back that anger and somehow deal with it later, deal with it after work, deal with it some other way. Uh, but the fool isn't thinking like that. He will just get openly angry uh, to someone else. So his anger becomes known on that very day. In other words, when he experiences it, 
boom, it's out there. Um, so he's he's very open about it. He doesn't make any secret about it. He just puts it right out there. So what about then the clever man? Well, the clever man conceals his emotions. He doesn't uh, what we call wear them on his shirt sleeve, but rather he thinks carefully through the consequences of expressing his emotions. Um, and so he may hold them back, he may be very quiet, if somebody else is angry with him and his natural inclination is to want to get angry back, he'll hold that anger in place and, uh, and, and keep it to himself and conceal that uh, because he realizes that there are negative consequences to that. And if he's disgraced or if he's shamed, he'll conceal that. And I'll suggest two reasons why. First of all, uh, if he's guided by his intellect, he wants to keep his emotions in check so they don't overwhelm his intellect and cause him to make mistakes. And we've discussed in these classes before that your emotions tend to cloud your view of reality. And so, uh, if you get caught up in those emotions, they can cause you to uh, make human relations mistakes, mistakes in planning, mistakes in actions, uh, whatever it might be. And those mistakes can be very, very uh, painful to you. They can have real negative consequences. Um, I read once about a guy who had road rage against another driver and apparently got out of the car and actually killed the other driver and went to prison for something like, I don't know, 20 some years. And I thought to myself, gee, do you think sitting there for all those 20 years, he thought it was really worth it? Uh, I'm, sh I'm sure he must have, you know, countless times regretted letting his emotions take control of him. So, uh, the, the person that's guided by their intellect is going to want to keep their emotions in check so they don't make mistakes. The second reason that I'll suggest that he, he conceals his, his emotions is that a person who sort of loses it publicly, loses control of their emotions, is generally, I would say, viewed negatively by other people. Uh, there are certain negative consequences to being viewed negatively by other people. And the clever person sees those consequences and avoids them by holding back his emotions, by concealing them. Uh, even if he's in, um, in, you know, shame or disgrace. Okay, does that make sense so far? Okay, I'll... I'll assume yes unless you tell me otherwise. So then we could ask a question on the verse. We could say, why does the second half of the verse refer to disgrace, while the first half refers to anger? In other words, why doesn't the verse say, a fool's anger will become known on that very day, but a clever man conceals his anger? Why is it that one refers to one thing and the other another? So, I'll suggest an approach. 
disgrace would seem to mean, or shame, I think in, in some translations it's shame and some it's disgrace, but I think it's getting at the, the same thing. Disgrace would seem to mean publicly uh, embarrassed, public embarrassment. Now, if someone is publicly embarrassed, it's hard to cover that up. I mean, it's already out there. But it could be that the verse is not referring to disgrace of the clever person, but disgrace that could be inflicted by the clever person. So, in that sense, then we think of it like this. The fool gets angry, and he blurts it out. So, then what's the next thing that an angry person might do at that point? Try to hurt someone else. Try to get back at them. Maybe embarrass them in order to find a vent for his anger. So in this case, the verse could be saying that the clever man feels that same anger and wants to hurt someone by disgracing them. Yet he covers that up and doesn't let it out. Why? Because he sees the terrible negative consequences for both himself and the other person if he does that. So rather he covers it which allows him time and room to process his own anger and to seek a more positive way to deal with the situation. So it's not that uh, it's a clever man concealing his own disgrace but a clever man concealing the disgrace that he feels like giving back to someone else because he is angry. So it seems like the verse is talking about how people deal with their anger. And in my interpretation, the verse is saying that the fool lets out his anger right away, but the clever man not only holds back his anger, but he also holds back his desire to blame or disgrace someone else about the situation. Okay? Does that make sense so far? Any questions on that? Okay. So, now I'd also like to share Rabbi Moskowitz's interpretation on this. And he interpreted it this way. He said the fool is dealing with his emotions. All he cares about is his pent-up anger. The clever person is dealing with consequences. So if he lets his emotions out, his disgrace will get out. He recognizes that if he lets it out immediately, he'll be disgraced and ruin his name, and then people won't want to deal with him uh, because they'll you know, look at him in a certain negative way. So Rabbi Moskowitz views the disgrace a little differently than the last interpret I just, interpretation I just gave. He views it that it's associated with the clever person and that he will disgrace himself if he lets his emotions out immediately. So a couple of different uh, possibilities of ways to interpret that verse. Okay, any questions on that? Okay, 
Uh, looks to me like we've got time to do another one. So let's uh, let's move on to verse 17. So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17, and the verse reads. Oh, before I go on, let me address. Uh, I just want to check in on me. Are you asking a question? Because I'm not sure there from what you've written whether that's a question. Why he conceals the shame rather than put it out. Can you elaborate just a little bit on that? Okay, so you uh, just want to make sure I understand the question. Why he conceals the shame rather than showing it outside uh, or proving himself right. So if a person, I think in Rabbi Moskowitz's interpretation, um, it's not necessarily a situation where a person is turned around and said something uh, untrue and the clever person is just you know letting it go and not saying anything about it I think it's a situation where for whatever reason uh, he really would be disgraced if he were to let his emotions out uh, immediately and yes I would say that is due to his wisdom he's looking at the consequences of okay what happens if I let my emotions out here? And you'll notice in that circumstance that he's got control of his emotions. He knows he has them, but he's also realizing, oh, you know, if I vent back at this guy uh, or, you know, respond to him, I'm just going to look even more bad or more disgraced. So I'm going to just keep a tight lip and I'm, I'm going to keep it under wraps, I'm going to conceal it. Um, and so he keeps his emotions in check because of his wisdom and sees the consequences. Uh, and this is really, I think, a variation on a general theme that we've seen you know, in Mishlei, which is the wise man uh, sees the consequences of his actions, and that includes seeing the consequences of saying certain things. There are certain situations where even if you have somebody said something, uh, you know, perhaps untrue about you or whatever, the circumstances of the situation might be such that you would be better off to say nothing than to actually defend against the accusation. Uh, or it may be that, you know, for whatever reason, um, if he lets his emotions out, uh, you know, people will, he will somehow be disgraced. And so the, the clever man sees that and realizes that the downside of those consequences is worse than holding the emotions, or uh, worse than holding the emotions. In other words, it's better for him to hold the emotions in uh, and then to vent them out and 
Exactly. You know, he avoids realizing the negative consequences of doing that. Because sometimes once you put stuff out there and you open your mouth and speak, you can't take the words back in. If you realize that, you know, you've spoken too much or you've, you've said something inappropriate or you've, you know, opened up a whole uh, can of worms or something like that. So he's the clever man is seeing the consequences and avoiding uh, a difficult situation by concealing uh, essentially his emotions. Okay, is that all hopefully clear? Okay, good. Thank you. So let's uh, take a look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17. And it reads, He who speaks truth will tell righteousness, and a false witness is deceit. He who speaks truth will tell righteousness, and a false witness is deceit. So what do you think the questions are there? He who speaks truth will tell righteousness, and a false witness is deceit. Any ideas about questions? Okay, true will give true testimony and false will give falseness and deceit. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I was curious about the difference between speaking truth and telling righteousness. Because the first part says, he who speaks truth will tell righteousness. Um, and those seemed like practically the same thing to me. And the second part says a false witness is deceit. And my thought was, uh, why is King Solomon telling us that? I mean, that seems pretty obvious. False witness, deceit. Those, those seem very together. Um, and you've said, what's the testimony and what's the deceit? Very good. So when it talks about a false witness, what, what are we talking about there? So Rabbi Moskowitz explains the verse like this. He said there are two situations of telling the truth and lying. One is in everyday speech, and the other is in a court, a court of law. And people don't always behave the same in one situation versus the other. There are people who will lie in everyday life, but they wouldn't do so in court. So the first half seems to be telling us, or is telling us, that if you speak truth in everyday life, then we'll be able to trust you in a court of law. I mean, he who speaks truth will tell righteousness. So a person who's going to speak truth in everyday life surely is going to speak truth in a court of law. The second half is talking about the opposite, and it's coming from the opposite direction. It's starting from the witness position and extrapolating from there. 
Um, so it's saying that if a person lies in court, you can't trust him in anything. In other words, if a person is going to lie in court, well, then it seems pretty reasonable to assume that he'll lie in everyday life as well. Now, why would King Solomon tell us this? Why is this important? Because in everyday life, we have to measure things. Uh, not everything is black and white. And I'll suggest that this verse is illustrating two extremes. The first is the person who tells the truth in everyday life, and he can be trusted to tell the truth in a court of law. Second half, he's talking about a witness who lies in a court of law, and he can't really be trusted in anything. So when we find people who are in between, we have to carefully measure where they are on this scale and then take action accordingly. So if we know of someone who would, who would um, be a false witness in a court of law, then, for example, we would want to be very, very careful around them in any kind of things that had to do with trust issues, business dealings, or whatever it might be, because we know, gee, if they'll lie in a court of law, they'll probably lie anywhere. And so we, we know to uh, be very careful and wary around such a person. Okay, any question uh, on that? What's the uh, relationship between the testimony and the deceit? Right, so this is talking, the second half is talking about a false witness in a court of law who's giving testimony, and the deceit is that they would be, uh, would be dishonest in doing that, is the way I understand it. Okay, any questions on that verse? Okay, great. So, we're just past the top of the hour, so we will stop for the evening.